Sweet comfort. Tippins invests in automation to take its indulgent pies from hometown favorite to household name. By Joni Spencer. Editor's note. This feature was fielded prior to COVID-19 social distancing mandates. Mark Boyer is always astonished when people tell him they recently ate in a Tippins restaurant. That's because there's no such thing anymore. In the Kansas City metro area, on both sides of the Kansas-Missouri state line, Tippins has long been known and loved for its decadent pies. And although they were once served up in Tippins restaurant and pie pantry locations throughout the Midwest and in Dallas, that hasn't been the case for more than a decade. I will have people insist that they ate at a Tippins just the other day, said Mr. Boyer, president of the Kansas City, Kansas-based pie manufacturer. We make a world-class pie, and there's an emotional connection, not just to the brand, but also the restaurant where many people grew up eating them. Over the course of three decades, Tippins grew from a local eatery to a regional food service chain. Then it evolved into a wholesale operation, supplying pies exclusively to an upscale Kansas City area grocer. Now, these blue ribbon baked foods can be found in supermarkets as far east as the Carolinas, as far south as Houston, and west all the way to Phoenix, not to mention up into Green Bay, Wisconsin. Today, in a new facility that doubled the bakery's square footage and will more than triple its capacity, Tippins is living a new stage in a journey that brings its signature comfort and tradition into a modern, automated process. On the Courthouse Steps When the Tippins restaurants filed Chapter 7 bankruptcy and prepared to close its doors in 2004, the pies were being sold exclusively in henhouse markets, owned and operated by Kansas City, Kansas-based 4B Corporation. When the end came, questions were aplenty about what would become of not only the pies, but also the Tippins teammates who made them. The answers came quickly, thanks to 4B, which also operates three other grocery chains in the Kansas City metro area. The Tippins names products, and teammates never skipped a beat. 4B Corporation's immediate goal was simple, maintain the ability to sell Tippins pies exclusively in its hen house stores. As it turned out, the way to achieve that goal was to, simply, buy the company. We wanted to make sure we could keep selling the pies. We wanted that signature item for our stores and didn't want the competition to have it, recalled David Ball, Chief Executive Officer, Forby Corporation. So we bought it, right there on the courthouse steps. At the time, Mr. Ball was president and his father, Fred, was CEO. It was a Friday when he and Mike Beal, Chief Financial Officer for Ball's Food Stores, the entity of Forby that operates Hen House, Price Chopper, Payless, and Sunfresh, made their move. Mr. Ball might have bought the bakery quickly, but he didn't take it lightly. Our first priority was keeping the team intact and plugging along with business as usual, he recalled. That Monday, every Tippins teammate was still on the payroll, and every hen house order was being fulfilled. And Mr. Ball met with each person individually to offer assurance of a smooth transition. It was seamless, he said. 
More than 15 years later, many of those teammates, some of whom also worked in the restaurant, are cranking out more pies than any of them ever dreamed possible. And the parent company is now just one customer in almost 20 markets across the country. It was a growth strategy that Mr. Ball didn't immediately intend, but one that became clear as the business grew. In the beginning, it didn't really matter if we broke even because we just wanted to support our stores with tip and spies, Mr. Ball said. They had such a great and loyal following that we weren't overly concerned with making a huge profit to start out. We really just wanted to provide that great product for our customers. But business boomed and the strategy shifted. We knew the more volume we could run through the bakery, the operating efficiencies could improve and fixed costs would go down, Mr. Ball explained. That became our motivation, keeping costs stabilized and driving efficiency. At in-store bakeries such as Hen House, Tippins turned its focus to a zero-sum game. In a typical in-store bakery, pies are about 6.2% of bakery sales, Mr. Boyer said. But at Hen House, it's north of 20% because there's a loyal following. Additionally, Tippins pies at a Hen House produce about a 50% gross with a ring of $10 to $15 for a 9-inch pie. There are very few items with that kind of ring and that kind of gross, Mr. Boyer observed. It all comes down to a quality product. Years ago, Tippins was making several other items, but it has since honed its focus almost solely on the pies. And as the business grew, it was time for the operation to take the next step. Taking the Leap Sure, pies are decadent and indulgent, but the best ones provide something extra. Comfort. That's been a driving factor for the loyalty that follows Tippins products wherever they go, and it's driven its growth, too. So, it was no surprise that the bakery, whose operation still involved manually pouring pumpkin filling into shells on a carousel oven and pushing hand-decorated pies around on racks, needed more space that allowed the bakery to work smarter, not harder. We were making all the pies we could make, Mr. Boyer said. We literally ran out of space to make more pies and needed more capacity. Just down the street from the old bakery, Tippins moved into a 52,000-square-foot building. There was a significant investment made into the business, said Jim Antrub, vice president of sales and marketing. That investment and the new bakery are all about making premium, high-quality, world-class pies. Ultimately, the upgrade was less about the increased square footage and more about what modern technology would do for streamlining production and making life easier for the teammates. A project like this Brownfield location, which had previously operated as a cookie plant and, before that, a direct mail outfit, is a lot to take on. And with consulting from the Ensol Group, Mr. Boyer learned fast. I'd never done a building project before, Mr. Boyer recalled. In fact, no one here had. We had a trusted and valued partner with the Ensol Group and Jim Klein, president. He helped us select the equipment and worked with us through the whole exercise. Jim's fingerprint is all over this bakery. Amber Mangiaracino, director of operations, joined the company at an interesting spot between the start of construction and moving day. In addition to learning a new job, Miss Mangiaracino found herself wearing a new project manager hat as well. 
I sort of stepped into an on-site project manager role and found myself making decisions based on discussions that took place before I had started with the company. I was coming in at the end trying to play catch-up, and that was a little tough, she said. But I'm not easily intimidated. A staged transition. The work happened to finish just in time for fourth quarter, the busiest time of year in a pie factory. When the project completed in September 2019, after about four years of planning and construction, Mr. Boyer was faced with a difficult decision. Disrupt production in the height of pie season or hold off on the move until after the first of the year. He took the safe bet and went with a ladder. There's an expression, you don't build a church for Easter Sunday, Mr. Boyer said. Well, you don't build a pie factory for the fourth quarter either. Tippin's teammates moved into their new home on March 2nd, and as they ramp up production of nearly 100 SKUs, or roughly 30 varieties in multiple sizes, it won't be long before pie season is upon them once again. On one hand, some might see waiting to move as suffering a setback. It's one of those things you can't help but second-guess yourself, Mr. Boyer said. Should I have done it? Should we not? It did cost money to have two bakeries for six months, but it was the right thing to do. Ultimately, the bakery took advantage of the time to stage the move and train teammates on the new equipment before startup. We did a lot of training to get to know the equipment, Miss Mangiarchino said. After she identified Rita Lopez as a team lead, she and Sonia Irigoyen, production supervisor, built a core team to learn the new process first by taking them to the new bakery every day for training. Sonia has been really receptive about wanting to learn, and that's been nice, Miss Mangiaracino said. We got familiar with the equipment and the new process, and then we were able to pass that knowledge on to everyone else. It was scary for everyone, the unknown, but once they got to know it, they did great. One of the most impactful changes was going from the carousel ovens to a Baker Thermal 85-foot gas-fired tunnel oven with 60 burners. The hardest part for them was taking what they had been doing for so long and learning how to do it in a new kind of oven, Miss Mangiaracino said. They had to learn how to adjust the zones, temperatures, and burners to get the same result as the old one. Getting to know that technology not only took time, but it also required a lot of hands-on practice. We test ran shells, fruit pies, and French silk pies, Miss Mangiaracino said. I don't want to be the only one who knows how to run the equipment. They have to know how to run it without me. And how great is it to see somebody pick up what you're training them on and then watch them take it over and own it? The training time also gave us time to work out kinks or mechanical problems before we moved in. A new era of automation. Anything unknown is naturally a scary thing, and Tippin's teammates didn't know what to expect from the upgrades that also included a Colborne Pyline, Topos Mondial dough handling equipment, and a unifiller depositing system that incorporated Apex robots for finishing cream pies. It's not just the intimidation of learning something new, but it's also the fear of what automation will do to a mostly manual workforce. However, Mr. Boyer's plan to increase efficiency did not mean he wanted to shrink the number of teammates. He did, however, intend to make life easier for them. We did everything by hand, he said. If we were making cream shells, we loaded them by hand and took them out the same way. 
The decorators cream the pies by hand, too. We wanted to take some of that hard work and heavy lifting away from the teammates. We want people to work hard, but we want them to go home feeling good about that hard day's work. The automation streamlines the process, but it doesn't limit the care that goes into it, starting with the dough. Our crust is one of the greatest things about Tippin's Pies, Mr. Boyer attested. That's because of how we make it. We go to great pains to take care of our dough, and it pays off. The dough is made a day in advance in 600-pound batches with Pietro Berto diving arm mixers. After it's dumped into troughs, the dough is transported via lift into Topo's chunkers on the pie line. Tins are conveyed to the line, where the bottom crust is placed before a depositor head fills the fruit pies, which are then topped with crust and crimped. Pies then head down a conveyor toward the oven and are aligned into lanes, the number of which depends on what's going in. Crusts, for custard-style pies such as pumpkin or pecan, are filled right before the end feed, and the ones for cream pies are baked without filling. They travel 15 across through the oven for about 40 to 45 minutes, again, depending on the pie. The oven capacity is 2,400 at a time, another stark change from the old way of doing things. After baking, the pies, or crust for the cream pies, take a trip up the GNF spiral ambient cooler, dubbed the windowsill, until they reach about 90 degrees Fahrenheit. At that point, cream fills the empty shells, transforming them into classic varieties such as coconut or chocolate cream pies. Finally, they all head through the GNF spiral blast freezer set at negative 25 degrees Fahrenheit with 35 mile an hour wind before reaching their final stages of production. From human to humane. Although the process involves significantly less human interaction than the old way of doing things, the same level of care goes into every step. At times now, it's a little bit easier. In the kettle room, for example, filling is made in one of three 400-gallon heritage kettles. Piping is a marvel of engineering infrastructure that directs the appropriate filling to the correct point in the process, whether right before the oven and feed for the custard fillings, at the makeup line for the fruit fillings, or to cooled shells for cream pies. Everything's made from scratch, and fruits that come in frozen are slacked out to the desired temperature in a climate-controlled adjacent room. Fillings are cooked and cooled quickly, with steam above 300 degrees Fahrenheit, and then with ice water that's pumped through the lines. Set about five feet above the ground, the kettles are just high enough to make manually loading them a physical pain. To help the operators, Tippins installed Topo's lifts to load the prepped filling ingredients via trough. Again, one of the things we were trying to do was take some of the hard work and heavy lifting from the teammates, Mr. Boyer said. Additionally, removing this burden opened up opportunities for teammates who did not have the physical prowess to lift the ingredients that high before. When automation eliminated the need for certain workers in other areas of the plant, it also naturally redirected that talent. Now people can often self-select for the kinds of jobs they want to do, Mr. Boyer said. In the room next door, French silk and meringue are mixed in a San Cassiano 300-quart planetary mixer. Out on the line, meringue for pies such as coconut cream 
is toasted with a small impingement oven that can be slid in line when needed. After pies are blast frozen, they experience the last stage in the automation. Cream pies are topped at the unifiller station with Apex robots, topping 20 pies a minute. Four robotic heads first cover the inside, and then the next one pipes the pie's perimeter. The piping isn't perfect, but that's by design. Tippin's pies are a signature item, and the hand touch has always been a big feature of that. The pies look like they're handmade, and that was intentional, Mr. Boyer said. We invested in equipment that could do that. Still, decorators will go in and fill up little gaps that sometimes occur. Whipped cream is very delicate by nature, Mr. Boyer said. When decorators pipe cream by hand, there's a technique called burping the bag to get rid of the air pockets. Every now and then, the robots will experience the same issue and an air pocket occurs. And there's a void, so the decorators will fill that in. Having a few decorators perform this task is quite different from the old days. And this became a welcome change. In the old bakery, we had 12 decorators, and all they did was this all day, Mr. Boyer said. They're really good at what they do, but they decorated with pastry bags for 10 hours a day. Automation took the stress off our team members who were creaming those pies by hand. Today, sounds of singing can be heard from the line, and it's music to Mr. Boyer's ears. Glimpsing the Future Every Tippin's pie heads in the same direction, and if they bypass the topping, they head through x-ray, are loaded onto a palletizer, and then taken into the 8,000-square-foot storage freezer before being shipped to customers. Even at almost four times the size of the old freezer, Tippin's will likely use outside storage when pie season hits its pinnacle. However, this year, it's hard to say what that pinnacle will look like because the coronavirus, COVID-19, pandemic, is changing everything, everywhere, from retail outlets to people's homes to the plant floor. That said, while consumers are stockpiling the essentials, there's still a place for pies. This isn't a category where people seek out the next big thing. We work on innovation, but the key attribute for pie is that it's something that brings people together, Mr. Boyer explained. If you looked back 10 years at the most popular Tippins pies, they would have been French silk, apple, and pumpkin. If you look today, it's French silk, apple, and pumpkin. If you ask that question 10 years from now, I'm sure you can guess what the answer will be. In an era of uncertainty, Tippins forges ahead with the consistency of those mainstays, especially while Americans are eating at home for the foreseeable future. It's exciting times moving into a new bakery, and it's scary times with what's going on in the world. But I'm an optimist, and I'm confident we're all going to get through this, Mr. Antrup said. In times of uncertainty, people revert back to that thing that makes them feel good. Pies are a comfort food, and in the days we're experiencing, people will gravitate toward that. For now, there's a lot to focus on. We still have a lot to learn with the equipment and what it can do, Mr. Boyer said. In the new facility, the goal for the equipment was always to make the pies as good or better than what they were before. We make the best pies on the planet, so I'm not sure how we can get any better, he said. But I'm really looking forward to seeing what better looks like. When Mr. Ball looks at where Tippins has gone since that Friday on the courthouse steps, he couldn't be happier. 
Our main goal was to drive top-line sales with a focus on food safety and quality so we could go out and attract customers with the same philosophy, he said. We will never compromise on quality. And while the equipment upgrades deliver on that priority, it truly does start with the people. We always put the teammates first, Mr. Ball said. We have a saying in our company that the customers come second and the teammates come first. When we put the teammates first, they take care of the customers and we walk that walk.